Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. My name is Goose, and on today's show, we get to know a young investor called Josh Melly. Josh actually works for Dashdot, which, if you don't know, is the company that sits, you know, kind of like behind and to the side of the Investor Lab. The Investor Lab is an independent podcast, but we do run a business which helps people to invest in property all over the place. Josh works for Dashdot, and it's really cool to get his insights on investing, risk, how to turn risk into reward because he's 22 years old. So he's 22 years old. He's been in the um, property industry for five years. He's, he's been passionate about property his whole life because he grew up in a family that was, that was property oriented. So he's got property in his blood and he's already onto his second investment uh, purchase as well. And he's got big ambitions and it's really exciting to actually speak to someone who is in that kind of age group and has that perspective. And he's helping other people to make these decisions as well, because he's coming from such a place of clarity and experience and maturity. And so um, I really enjoyed this episode. And I think particularly if you are a younger person thinking about how do you start to think about building wealth for yourself or what, what can you do to start to achieve more in your life, then this could be the episode for you too. So without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me on today's show is Josh Melly. Josh is a property acquisition manager at Dashdot. Josh, how are you? Yeah, great. Really excited to be on board, Goose. Why? Why are you excited to be here today? I don't know, because obviously you have such a large platform with this podcast and I'm excited to to preach my message and preach while preach? I love Dashdot. Hallelujah. We're going to be know. doing a bit Hallelujah. of preaching. Everyone's in the everyone's in the sermon of property the the church of property investment here today. Josh, I'm excited to get into into this as well. Now, the listener of this podcast has no idea who you are or why the hell they should stick around and listen to what you've got to say. So, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a backstory? Tell us a little bit about you know yeah. who you are, what are you doing at Dashdot? What's you know? Tell us a bit about you. Yeah, of course. So I'm a Canberra boy. Um, I don't know if that's a that's a benefit, but I'm up in Sydney now. Always been in within real estate. I've grown up in construction, but yeah, I've jumped around within the, the industry. I've been within projects in real estate. I've been in commercial side of real estate. I've been on the selling side of residential as well. So I've experienced all parts of real estate, you could say. And now I'm on on the on the buy side as well, which is um I've got to say the most exciting side and um, the most rewarding as well. Okay, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Twenty two. Twenty two years old. Okay. The, the list of parts of the real estate industry that you just mentioned then, I was like, hang on a second. How many years have you been in real estate? I, I actually, funnily enough, I joined commercial um, when I was, I think, 17, when I just turned 17. And it, I did a, like a link between my school and commercial. So I was doing three days school, two days working within the commercial real estate. Yep. I think that's where, you know, I, I grew up a lot quicker and became quite uh, mature quite quickly because I was, you know, in the midst of an industry that, you know, was surrounded by 40, 50-year-olds that, you know, obviously quite an older industry. Uh, but I think it was definitely more valuable than me sticking around for those extra two days at school. So what made you want to get into commercial real estate at 17? Like most 17-year-olds... You're at high school, you're chasing girls, you're thinking about getting your license in soon in a year. You're, you know, like, I mean, I think back to when I was 17, mm. the biggest aspirations of, of anyone that I knew was like, were they going to play footy for the footy, footy in the grand, you know what I mean? Like, what, 
Yeah. What, what drove you to want to get into commercial real estate at 17? That's odd. I, I actually was approached. I was approached in school by um, a guy called Frank Morella, who at the time owned Rain and Horn Commercial. Um, and he was an old Eddie's boy. So I'm, a, I'm from St. Edmunds College. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, he ended up approaching one of my teachers. And my teacher said, I know the perfect fit for this job. Um, and ended up pointing me out, you know, it's, I have a passion within the construction and real estate industry and my teacher knew that. I've grown up, um, my dad owned a construction company. Um, so I knew that I've always wanted to have something to do within that industry. Um, and when it came to, I'm like, I don't know, it could be fate. So I, I ended up just taking it and, and running with it and I've enjoyed it ever since. That's interesting. So you ha- already had the property bug, so to speak, mm. by then. So when did that yeah. start? So you mentioned your dad had a construction company. Yeah. What, let's go. Let's keep. Let's keep walking backwards here because there's some threads yeah. to unravel here. Because most people aren't just like 22 years old and have done what 19 different parts of the real estate industry and stuff <laughs> like that. So, so where did that start? Go all the way back. Do you did you go follow yeah. your dad around on construction sites? Did your parents yeah. have investment properties? What was that like? Yeah. Well, um, dad, like originally he, he owned a company with his cousin. Um, so obviously he was doing stuff on the side with his cousin. Um, but we, we ended up moving, I think 10 times throughout my life where we were buying, building, renovating, selling, buying, selling. you know, it, it was just a constant process. So I was like, I was always around real, you know, real estate, um, you know, at auctions, whatnot, you know, look, you know, in the midst of it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been yeah at the construction site, so I have a passion within construction as well and building. Um, like you know, I'm, I'm finished my cert for and building in construction, so just waiting on on receiving that. Um, and then obviously real estate just collides with it as well. It's like it works hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really valuable um, to, to have the building side as well. So why didn't you pursue a career in building? That it was on the cards. It was either it was either plumbing or um or real estate, and that's where I got stuck with when I was seventeen. <laughs> wow, I mean, like, hang on a second. There's lots of other choices other than plumbing. I'm just gonna say, but like, but but you, but you could have gone into building and construction, which is obviously yeah. different to plumbing. But you yeah, chose yeah. to but you chose to go into real estate services, which is a really different. I mean, like, if oh, you think 100%. of a builder, right, is out there, you know, doing hard graft, and a re- real estate professional typically is wearing a fancy suit and driving around in cars, pointing at things and telling people how nice the, you know, just imagine this, imagine yourself in the backyard. So what's, there's a very big difference, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think um, obviously, you know, my advice from my, from my father was, you know, just pursue what you think's right. Um, but I knew he was always like, you know, you should, you know, the construction industry works for you. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's been his life, his whole, his whole career as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think within my mind, I, I generally wanted to help people as well. And I wanted to bring a different type of persona to the industry. And I think, yeah, I really, I hit it on the nail in a way, offering a, a different service. You know, I was very, I was very social and I was very, I was very, I was hitting um, this, the social media side of real estate. And that's where I thought I could really um, impact, you know, not just me, but my clients as well um, in a good way. Um, and did you start doing that whilst you were doing the commercial stuff? No. So I think within the commercial, I was actually a commercial property manager. Mm. So when I, when I came into it, I was um, I was helping someone out and then ended up jumping into the role when I was 18. I think I managed a portfolio of around 20, 20 commercial properties ranging from 
I don't know, 50 meters squared to a 20,000 meter squared um, office complex in the city, which was worth, I don't know, 25 million um, at the time. So it was a large variety. And I think it really opened up my eyes to, you know, there's there's so much more to, to real estate than, than where I was at at that point in time. Okay. So fast forward a little bit. So you went commercial yeah. and then you, you ended up on the real estate sales side. Yeah. What motivated you to want to be on the real estate sales side? Um, so uh, when I when I joined commercial, I always had in my mind I wanted to do sales and leasing, and it got to a point. You know, I was two years in, and I think I said I'm I'm ready for this. I'm ready to to pursue the sales side, uh, and I always wanted to be you know that client face. I wanted to be interacting with heaps of new people daily, um, and uh, you know I decided to come to a point. I'm like I'm, I'm going to make the jump. I'm going to make the leap and just go in head first. So um, hang on, I want to dig into this. So we're going a little tangent, but this is fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. So what what about the sales? A lot of people get into real estate sales because yeah. they're like, they're like, yeah, I want the Ferrari. They've, you know, they've watched Lux listings or yeah. something like that. They're like, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to be like that. What was it yeah. for you? Were you were you and I'm asking, like genuinely, yeah. like you would yeah, how, yeah, how, yeah. How, old, how old were you when you got into into real estate sales? Um I would have been around 20. 20 years old, right? So 20 years old. What was the motivation then? Because I know a lot of 20-year-olds would be thinking, flash, bang, wahoo, let's go. I don't know. I think, like, obviously, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, it would, it, it's the money as well. Like, obviously, yeah. the money is, has, plays a big involvement within anything. Uh, but I think, you know, being grown up within a company, you know, my dad owned a company. My mom originally owned a hair salon as well back when I was younger. Um, I'm like, I feel like within the, the real estate side, sales side of it, I'm running my own little business in a way. Mm. Um, and I feel like I could get my fix because that's always what I wanted. Um, but then also I feel like I could have, you know, done it a bit differently. Canberra's quite an older market, um, a lot of older agents there. And I felt I could come in and, and you know, change it up a little bit and, and hit the social media quite hard because no one else was. And what so, inspired you to take that angle? Because again, this is very interesting. Like yeah. a lot of other people would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm interested in getting into real estate sales," and they'll yeah. just rock up and go, "Hey, I want a job in sales," and they'll go, "Yeah, great, go door knocking, go letterbox dropping." But you yeah. were self motivated, yeah. so self motivated enough to go, "Actually, I want to start creating a, I want to be innovative, I want to create a social mm -hmm. media presence." What was the firstly, where'd you get the inspiration from? And secondly, yeah. what was the motivation specifically behind that activity? Why did you yeah. decide? That you wanted to start, you know, doing stuff on social media. What kind of stuff are you doing? Like, aside from like, could I build a better business? But was yeah. there any other? Was there any other uh, motivation? Or inspiration, motivation. Yeah. Well, I think like you know, going back to the, my business days at school, you know, I, I you know studied business as well at school. So um, just doing a market analysis and just saying, you know, there's there's obviously no one's hitting it within Canberra, um, and I, I saw a niche within that side of the real estate you know, marketing Canberra. Um, but then also, you know, I felt like it was very fitting with me. Um, like, you know, I loved, I love to, you know, proving this, you know, I love to jump on, you know, and, and have a chat. I did a, um, a market analysis video, I don't know, once every two weeks to my, to my clients, to my social media viewers. Um, and I felt like, yeah, I could portray a message and, and I could have fun doing it as well. Cause that's what I love, you know, interacting with people every day. So, I think, yeah, I saw a niche and I try to hit it as hard as possible. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So you, you were on the real estate, so you were on the commercial yep. side, real estate and residential sales and stuff like that. You know, your dad was in construction. You've had a passion for property your whole life. Mm. You know, what's talk, talk, talk to me about your personal property journey as well. 
Yeah, well, I, I, you know, this touches on, like, I was very, I used to overthink a lot of things, like, I, you know, constantly over, overthought a lot of, a lot of items within the industry. Um, and I think, you know, within the commercial side, you, you kind of have to do that. You have to think, you know, what could happen if I do this, this and this? And, and um, I've grown up like that. But when I moved to the project sales side, um, there was a lot of opportunities for me to get into a lot of off-market properties um, at an undermarket value before they were, were released. Um, and obviously, a 20-year-old, I was like, oh, overthinking it. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Like, what if I can't settle on it in two years' time? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, constantly overthinking it. And um, I came to a point, I think I was, yeah, I was 20 and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to, this is the first biggest risk I've ever get, going to take. And I ended up putting a deposit down on an off-the-plan apartment, um, which I was really excited about, but obviously, you know, quite worried about also because, you know, my first, you know, head first into a, to a property. Um, but it, it ended up paying off. Um, I, I recently sold it, I don't know, three months ago. Um, I bought it for 329000 sold it for 429000 within 10 months so or a year. So um, it ended up paying off in the long run. And I think... You know, I look at that now as one of my probably biggest learnings is that just just taking the risk is um is really valuable within the property industry. So, can you just explain that again? How did you make? Did you can you just explain that again? Yeah, yeah. So, um, within the the project sales side, normally mm-hmm. there's a pre-release um yeah. of, of properties, and there was a few that that came to mind, and and I did my research myself. I mm-hmm. I looked into you know sales within that area, and I just said this is an amazing buy. Um, I think even so you got I, it. So you managed to get it under market value because you could get it yeah. off market, pre market, yeah, you know, yeah. early yeah. stage. Yeah. And then did yeah. you sell it before it settled or after it settled? I sold it before it settled. Um, and you sold so- it for a profit before it settled. Yes, yes. So That's it, was, it was a simultaneous settlement. So I sold it. I unsold it, um, and then the, that buyer settled on it on on the day of settlement. So technically, I owned it up until the day of settlement, um, which is a pretty interesting process. I learned a lot doing that. It was, it was quite interesting, um, but it just mean I didn't have to to settle on it at the day. But if you knew there was so much upside in it, why didn't you just keep it? Because the funny story, I obviously have been working with Dashot now for, for six months and I I saw value in me purchasing something with Dashot and, and that's why I sold it. Um, so now I'm obviously, you know, in the process of, of loan approval and jumping into to active search with Dashdot. So that's really interesting. So I actually didn't know this about you. So was this only a recent thing? This is a recent thing, yes. <laughs> uh, that is, this is really because I was thinking, okay, this is years ago, but no, this yeah. is like Okay, so oh yeah, because I guess twenty and then two years and then okay, cool, yeah. that actually makes sense. So that yeah. was only recent. So you would yeah, have, that was recent, okay. Yeah. So had you not started working with Dash Dot, would yeah. you? What would you have done? Would you have kept it, or was it oh. now that you've seen that there's like way better opportunities? You're yeah. like, uh, I'm out. I probably would have kept it to be honest. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I, I probably would have kept it. Um, but now I, I look at, I'm looking at property so much differently now. I think you know, being on the inside has really opened up my eyes um, because obviously I was so, you know, set on Canberra. Like I wanted to be in Canberra, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to buy investment property in Canberra. But now, you know, I can say there's so much more to property than just Canberra, you know, to the area that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and and the research involved, I, you know, I trust 
you know, fully into Dashdot's process. So I thought, why not get out of that one as quickly as possible um, and then put it into something that's, you know, I'm going to have a high return on, on my investment. So I'd love to, I'd love to ask like what made you want to make the jump over to Dashdot because we're obviously yeah. very, very different from the real estate yeah. sales sector. But, <laughs> but, but I'm also, I might circle back on that actually, because what I'm interested to know is now, since you've been here, since you've been mm. on the inside, since you've been in Dashdot, what do you think has most changed about the way that you think about uh, property investing? I don't know. I, I, like, I think circling back onto you know what I had you know thought about Canberra is that it's it's so much bigger than than the place that you live in. Um, mm. And I think I think you know when when I first entered like Dashdot, it was it was all a big like surprise. Like, well, you know, we're looking here, we're looking there. It's like it was everywhere, and it's like. What you know, I would have thought you know, Canberra is probably the best, one of the best markets in Australia for growth. You know, it's consi- has it's always had consistent growth, but we you know, it's it's one of those things that yeah, it really opened up my perspective about you know different growth drivers and and you know what's what's actually pushing growth within that specific area and you know it's you know proximity to to lifestyle drivers and and all of those type of things. So mm. I think it opened up my eyes to you know it's not it's not now suburb specific um like what i was looking at you know i was looking at sales within that suburb it's now it's proximity to to other lifestyle drivers and and all of those type of items interesting interesting mm. and so what did make you want to um make the change because you were in canberra families in canberra grew up in canberra knew the market believed in the market mm. had a cool sales job you'd found your niche you were doing stuff on social media it sounds like yep. all kind of you could have very easily settled in there you said yeah so i'm interested to know like what made you want to reach out and make that change because change is a risk you mentioned risks earlier you know you mentioned you mentioned that like taking that risk on that on that property well that paid off so what made you want to take the risk and you know because not only did you change change career path you also changed location Mm. um and funnily enough you you changed location to move to bondi because that's where um Dashdot was based and now it's worth 100 percent fully virtual and remote so I think yeah. that's funny as well but like talk yeah. to me a bit talk to me about what prompted that change and how you went through that process yeah i think i think yeah circling back on to, to exactly what you said like i think I've, I've got this thing now ever since i purchased that property i'm like you know i just want to take more risks i want to be a bit spontaneous and i feel um i can grow a lot quicker um you know being like that and i, I saw Dashdot, and i think you know we we've we were very fitting like you know obviously so, social media presence uh obviously your podcast as well you know i thought you know it it, it seemed like it was very fitting in the way mm. um and then also i always wanted to jump over to the buyer side and be buyer focused because i did have a major buyer focus within um the way i operated as an agent um and i thought you know i have a passion for investing now since i invested in that one and Dashdot was just was just fitting my mate at the time was using Dashdot and he was, he, you know, he talked me through the process and I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. Like I've never seen anything like this. It was a whole different animal. And I'm like, I, I want to work for these guys. Like, so I, I ended up reaching out to, to you and Gabby. I sent an email and, you know, I was like, I, I want this job. <laughs> I want this job. So I really pushed for it. So yeah, you I think, did, I think it was really more just, it, yeah. yeah, more just surprised and, and I don't know, it was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. I want to be a part of it. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? That that property purchase. There has to be. I think um, 
that purchase of that apartment was my biggest risk. And as I said, I feel like it was a turning point for me um, because, you know, I was like, uh, the risk to reward was obviously amazing. And and I said, I've got to take more risk. I just got to, you know, keep on doing it. And I think that's what made me step to Dashdot. Like, yeah, as you said, I, I could have had an established career within Canberra. Um, but I, I think, you know, a passion of mine is traveling as well. So I didn't want to be stuck within Canberra. I wanted to be able to travel wherever I want. Mm. Um, and that's where, you know, I saw Dashdot fit into my, up to my life as well. I'm like, I can travel wherever I want. Um, while also, you know, doing the things I love. Uh, so that's why I thought, you know, it, it's fitting. And that's why, again, why I moved to Sydney. Yeah, interesting. So you are a, I'm going to say a relatively new risk taker. Yeah. Right. Because you, as you mentioned earlier, you've sort of come from a overthinking, super cautious. Yeah. Kind of ruler. yeah. What made you, what, what made you change? I'm very interested in yeah. that. What made you change? What made you go from like, I'm going to be a nervous Nelly to, um, you know, mm. excited Eric? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could answer that. But I think, you know, taking more risks comes with experience. And I feel like I was still very new and, and still very young. But also I had you know, I have a really good support team in terms of mates. Like I have a lot of people doing, you know, similar stuff in, in the investment side. And and I see, you know, they're constantly taking risks and and even looking at my family, you know, my father, he's, you know, he's constantly taking risks and he, and he's reaping the rewards from from those risks as well, well, most of the time. Um, so I'm like, you know, I might as well just just do it and and not overthink it and just, you know, sign the papers and then just to see what happens, see what comes of it. Um, so I think, yeah, it was a bit of experience, but then also, you know, the support team behind it as well. Mm. And how do you assess fail? Like when you're, when you're assessing at risk, when you're like starting yeah. to take more risks, failure mm. is a potential. Like yeah. 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 How do you think about failure? I don't know. I like just pointing back to that property purchase. Obviously there was, there was major risks, um, especially with off the plan apartments. You know, I've, I've seen it before. I've, I've heard the stories. Um, but I did my own research um, and I, I trusted in my process and I trusted in, you know, the research that I completed. Uh, but then again, you know, property markets, you know, unpredictable in a way, um, especially within certain parts of Canberra. Um, so I don't know. I think the, the, the risk to the reward was, was quite high. And I just, I just took the, you know, just, just said, you know, if, if it all goes wrong, at least I can settle on it and, and play it out for, for a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, uh, I just, I just said, why not? Let's just do it. So I just yeah. went first into it. What are your, what are your goals? Like you're 22 now, let's yeah. say over the next say 10 years, what mm -hmm. do you want to achieve and who do you want to become? I think, yeah, pointing back to like, you know, taking those risks, being spontaneous. I, I just want to travel. I, I, you know, in ten years' time, I'd, I'd love to be, I don't know, in Bali, you know, <laughs> in a villa, um, doing what I love every day, or you know, over in Europe somewhere, like in Positano. I think that's that's my goal is just to keep traveling and and learning from those experiences on top of the, you know the experiences within real estate as well. Um, so in ten years' time, yeah, I'd love to be. You know, in one of those those locations, I think that's my major goal. That's that's it. I I just want to travel. That's that's the main goal. Interesting. I'm interested to try and work out like how your 
risk taking is going to lead you to that destination. So you've you've mm. you now invest you now you've now okay you're going to start investing in more real mm. estate. Are you planning on building a bigger portfolio? What mm. like talk talk me talk me through how you're going to get to that destination? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like it, it's funny that you know we're touching on this as well because I look at a lot of the the clients with Dashdot and I, I see them as you know risk takers as well and 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 I think you know, to build, to have in mind that you want to build a big portfolio, yeah, that's taking a risk. Like, you know, even do, investing. Do you, are you are you conflating risk with ambition though? This is an interesting thing that I'm trying to work out, that I'm trying to uh, pull apart here because everything is a risk. And sorry to cut yeah. you off there. Everything yeah, is a risk. Yeah. Like, you know, do I yeah. eat breakfast or not, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's a risk of even just doing that. Yeah. And so- are you are you implying ambition with risk? Is that where you just like conflating yeah. those two terminologies, or how do you say it? Because risk, well, a lot of people think is bad. They're like, ah, risk. No. I'm not a risk taker, just ambitious. Yeah. No, I think I think I think that they fit hand in hand in a way, being ambitious and and being a risk taker, um, because you're you're that person that you know you're doing something that no one else does, and and you're you're being a bit different in a way, and I think. That is that's that's risk taking itself. I don't see risk taking as a negative. I think it's a positive um, mm. because you're willing to do something that someone else isn't. Um, so yeah, in a way, it's definitely it's it's ambitious. It's it's yeah. I think ambitious is probably a better word to to risk taking. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like as I said, I see a lot of clients at, at Dashshot. They're they're ambitious. They're you know they they want to to build a portfolio. They want to do something that. You know, potentially none of their other family members have done, or or none of the, their friends have done, and they're they're willing to do it a bit differently. So, mm. so you used to do market analysis uh, updates on your social media, mm. right? That was you know that was kind of part of your shtick when you were a sales agent. Yeah. In the current environment, as it stands today, at the time of recording, there's a lot of perceived risks. We're talking about risk, right? We're, we're talk- effectively talking about how to use your analysis of risk and turn it into reward. Like, how do you get what you want out of life? By understanding risks better, is this seems to be the the thematic that we're pulling apart here, which is pretty cool. So right now, there's a bunch of perceived risks, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are a little uncertain. What mm-hmm. is your take on the current situation? How do you perceive the current risk? Because you mentioned yourself, you mm-hmm. are literally like you're like cashed out of a property so that you could go and invest again, and you're going to get in finance. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting on the sidelines. You're no. you're leaning in. You know you're getting you know, you you know you're getting forward on the board, so to speak, so you can yeah. go a bit faster. Mm. How talk to me? Give me a little bit of an analysis from your side, your opinion yeah. only. No one's going to hold it to hold pin, pin out of them. But what's your opinion on the current state of the market and how people should be assessing risk versus reward in the current state of things? Yeah, I I don't know. I think how I assess it is if um if the risk is actually there, like in itself. Like I think right now, um, you know, touching on you know some of the the investigations done within Dashdot in terms of, you know, interest rate rises, um, you know, fitting with with property de- price de- decline and then looking at, you know, the fear within just the the, the market in terms of, um, you know, the, the news and, and what's coming out in the news. And I think, I don't think it's true risk. I don't think it's, it's, it's all, it's all phony. I feel in a way, like I feel, um the news is coming out and saying you know this is the risk this is and, and putting that fear into the customer's eyes and and um i just think it's phony i, I don't think the risk is there whatsoever um why and- not why not right because because 
Yeah. If you if you turn if you if you if you open up news.com.au, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna to be told that the sky is falling and there's blood on the streets yeah. and ah, yeah. it's it's right. So why don't you because I, I'll tell you honestly, I tell you, I don't you know me, I don't really pay attention to all of that kind of stuff. We do a lot of research, we get to the facts, mm. we form pretty strong opinions on on you know what the what the real state of the market is. Every now and then I read a, you know, uh I typically I only really read the AFR, if I'm really honest, right? Yeah, but even yeah. it, but even then, I I the other night I was reading an article and it was talking about how it, everything was crashing, right? And you know it was all bad. Hmm. And I it was late at night, late at night. You know, I was like a bit of a flick before I go to bed. I read on the phone, sort of thing. And yeah. I it got in there, like it got into my mind, and yeah. I didn't even realize. I literally like I'm Mister Positive and looking at, and I whole time i was going and laying down getting ready to go to sleep and in mm. my mind i was thinking far out how are we gonna how are we ever gonna survive this i was literally thinking that i was like how are we even gonna survive this and then i was like wait a second i've just been brainwashed <laughs> so, right. yeah. so so how do you like how do you go sorting through the noise and and how do you maintain that perspective yeah, well, I, I think it just touches on, I think a lot of people have, have woken up and, and decided that the news isn't the, you know, isn't the source of all truth in a way. Like, mm. you know, I think through the COVID lockdown and, and all of that, like, you know, they reported on on COVID for, for you know, a year and a half, two years. Now you hardly see it in the news because, you know, they're jumping onto news stories. It's the interest rate rises, it's this, and it's, you know, at one point it was the, the war in Ukraine. I don't hear anything about the war in Ukraine now because it's the interest rate rises that have taken over that part. So it's just it's just constantly trying to solicitate fear within within the, the, the viewers' minds. And I think I, I don't watch the news now. <laughs> I tell you, I, I don't flick the news on. I, I always used to, but I never do now. And, and it's really helped me because... I don't have to wake up in the morning and, and watch, you know, 7 a.m., you know, Today Show or Sunrise or whatever it is. And and it just, um, it, it in, yeah, solicitates fear in my mind and it's constantly in the back of my mind all day. And I feel like, you know, I'm constantly thinking about it and I want to do more investigating about it. And, you know, obviously all the news articles are portraying the same message. Um, so I don't watch the news anymore. And I think it's not the source of world truth. And, you know, that's why I've, you know, with the research at Dashdot that we're doing, um, pointing towards, you know, you know, certain figures and, 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 you know, looking into those as well. It's yeah. The news is very, very inaccurate. So, mm. uh, but yeah, I think it just points back to, I, I don't, I don't watch the news whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm. So if you were speaking to someone who was thinking about working, uh, thinking about working with Dashdot as a client, right? Yeah. What would you, what is like a, a secret, or a or a piece of inside knowledge, or even just a part of the process, you don't think people yeah. know. Like, what is something that you can share from the inside? I pull back the curtains a little bit. It could be something about like, hey, actually, before I started working here, I didn't even realize that the process was like this and whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, what's what's one little tidbit that you could share with someone who's not on the inside? Because what we tend to see, yeah. what I, what I tend to find is like. Clients come and work with us, and once they get in, and once they walk in mm. behind the curtain, they're like, oh, "Yeah, this place." You know? know, the same yeah. thing with the team. Same thing with team yeah. members. You know, we've got ninety team members now, or something, or getting close to ninety team members. Every single time, they're like, "Holy smokes, this is like so much better on the inside than I thought." And the same thing with clients. So, I'm interested in trying to like, you know, take show people. Like, what's what? Yeah. So, what's it for in your eyes? What's one thing that you can share from the inside? 
Yeah. Well, I, I, it's funny you say that because I even I was chatting to a client yesterday and um, I was going through a BMP process and where, you know, obviously the due diligence behind, you know, us searching for the properties quite in depth. And um, we get multiple reports done on properties before, you know, we go we go through to settlement. And um, she sent a message. She's like, this is crazy. I've never, you know, I thought we would have only done being, building, building and pests. She said, uh, you know, we've done all these other plumbing and electrical reports and whatnot. And um, she was really appreciative of the the due diligence and she was very surprised as well, which, you know, I think when I when I walked into Dashdot, I had in my mind what it was, but it was completely different on the inside, exactly what you said. I think very process-driven, um, but, yeah, very client-focused as well. And, and the due, as I said, the due diligence behind looking for a property, it's very in-depth. Um, which you know I haven't seen with other competitors, as you said. I've done I've done my market analysis before I joined Dashdot. Um, so yeah, I think I think just the, the processes itself, it's mm. like amazing. It's nothing I've ever seen. Um, and then also the team, like there's there's different teams for everything. You know, in terms of you know reaching you know reaching that settlement date and, and onwards into the future. So. I don't know. I think very, very much the processes really surprised me. Um, very in-depth processes. If you could go back to your seventeen-year-old self, I'm going mm. to say pick. I picked seventeen because that was the moment you transitioned out yeah. of into your career. If you could go back to your seventeen-year-old self and give yourself any piece of advice, what would that advice be? I think yeah, pointing back to um, you know the the risk taker and and whatnot. You know, be ambitious. I think there was a lot of there was a lot of um, instances where I, I missed out on, you know, purchasing, you know, another um, off the plan apartment, you know, I was 19 at the time or something like that. And and I, I regret it to this day. Um, so I think, you know, going back to 17, I think be ambitious, you know, take those risks. Um, I think that's, that's the advice I'd give my, my 17 year old self. And I just want to be clear. Like you're like, I would have bought more off the plan apartments. Do you think it's a good idea for people to buy off the plan apartments or not? Well, looking at it now, I've had you know, obviously, I still have a connection with that that project agency, and they contact me, you know, quite often and say, you know, we've got this exciting one coming up. We'll give you the pre market. I'm like, no, nah, I've, I've got in my mind, I, I, like I've been buying with Dashdot. You know, it's it's I see the value there. Um, it's going to help me get to my goals a lot quicker. So I have completely cut out off plant apartments gone um, cold turkey you've gone cold gone turkey cold on turkey. the wow yeah. i've gone cold, and i actually funnily enough i had um one of my mates call me up last week who works at the project agency and he said got this exciting new one and i'm like oh it could you know it could work out you know i did a bit of you know research into it but i think as i said pointing back to the dash shop processes i trust them too much and and you know i've i've been on the inside now i can see it all and i'm like you know, it's so much more than, you know, a project within Canberra um, investing in Australia. So I think, yeah, looking at it on a, on a larger scale now and it's just not off the plan apartments is um, is nowhere in my journey anytime soon. What are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? That's a tough one. That's a tough question. I, I suffer with these questions, but I think like, Everyone's afraid of something. I don't know. I think like I think pointing back to towards, you know, my goal of, of getting to, you know, traveling heaps. I think, you know, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be at, you know, I'm not going to be where I want to be in 10 years' time. Um, I feel like maybe, you know, I'm not going quick enough, you know, and and I think that's 
that's where my ambition and and risk comes involved now where I just got to keep, you know, being more ambitious to to try and, and push myself to, to reach these goals as quickly as possible. Have you really deconstructed those goals? Because you said in 10 years you'd like to be in a villa, <laughs> be, uh, being able to be in a villa in Bali or yeah. something like that, right? That Have you tried to deconstruct those? Because yeah. you probably do that a lot faster. And your biggest fear I, is your biggest fear is that you might not get there in ten years' time. Yeah, no, I think um, I, yeah, as you said, like I have deconstructed and put it to you know down to you know year by year by year, um, and I think ten years is probably you know bit bit further away. But I think you know for me to be comfortable, ten years is probably you know the the perfect timing. And I think sometimes I you know, I think my age has a, an impact on on a lot of items, but. Um, working within the industry, it's, you know, made me feel that, you know, no one really cares how old you are. It's all about, you know, how you portray yourself and, and the experience that you can, um, that you can show your clients as well. So, Mm. but yeah, I think, yeah, my, my fear is definitely not being where I want to be and, you know, in, in the, in the, in the 10 year timeframe, I think that's always a fear in the back of my mind. Fear of failure, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Fear of failure. hundred percent. Interesting. So you're 22. So. I'm not even sure if you're a millennial at 22. Are you a, like a Gen, whatever? I mean, yeah, Gen Z is it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't I... Know. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. Why do you think? Why do you think um, so many people your age? Hmm. Um, so there's so there's this interesting dichotomy of younger people. They're way more interested in investing and building wealth, hmm. but also most of them don't believe that they can invest in property. Why do you think that is? Um, that's a funny, that's, that's really funny you bring that up because I think I had a very similar mindset from when I was younger. Um, and I think, you know, growing up, you hear your parents, oh, I bought a property, you know, with 10,000, you know, deposit and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you know, I could, I couldn't even buy a property now with, you know, with, with 60, 70,000. Like, I think that's in the back of their mind, but then also they're looking at it, um, at a scale of, you know, maybe within Canberra, which is the average price is around a million dollars now. It's like, you know, deposits. You know, hundred hundred thousand to to two hundred thousand dollars for a deposit. So I think it's everyone thinks it's so out of reach and it's so far from them that you know I'm not even going to look at investing in property. I'm going to look at investing in crypto where I can you know I can put a hundred dollars in, two hundred dollars in, and and potentially see a return. Pretty high uh, risk. You're sitting here telling everyone to take more risks. Maybe exactly. they should just put it all into meme coins. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I I don't know. I think I always thought it was out of reach, but now. Um, you know, I've, I've been running my numbers through, you know, our, our apex, you know, our apex reports also for my purchase and, you know, I can do, I can complete a purchase with 50,000 and, and, you know, I can have, you know, positive return on that investment and, and then obviously, you know, build equity within that to, to progress my portfolio quickly. And I think, you know, people, you know, young people don't realize they can do this and they, they automatically think they have to buy something to live in for their first property, which, you know, I, I'm, I don't see, you know, me buying something I'm going to live in for another, you know, five, 10 years. I think I'm just going to continuously keep investing and renting up until I feel the need for me to, you know, settle down in a location. So for a lot of, for a lot of 22 year olds, the idea of being able to like, even just get enough for the deposit is pretty challenging. Right. So mm-hmm. Um, what what would you say if you met a if you met a twenty two year old who was saying, "Ah, oh, look, property investing is not for me. I'll never be able to afford it. Mm. I'll never be able to get started. The only option that is left for me is mm. to gamble on 
the share market because realistically most people are just gambling on the share market because they don't really understand how to do company analysis, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to gamble on the share market or I'm going to gamble on crypto because they're the only choices I have left. Yeah. What What would you say to somebody like that? I don't know. I feel I don't feel I could answer that. I I, I think because I, I've been so privileged in. Hang on know, a second. What do you mean you couldn't answer that? You're you're someone who is specifically and deliberately yeah. 22 years old. You have you're about to invest in your second property, and you're yeah. telling me that you can't you can't tell somebody else who's 22. Oh well, I think like looking. I feel I feel privileged in a way that you know I've made the decision I did with that with these property with that first property, and I feel I um you know I, I think like just pointing back to you know being ambitious and take risks in a way. I think that's that's the only way you can you can really um you can really, you know, make an impact within within investing in real estate. Um, so I think that's that's how I got to this point. Um, you know, pointing back to to previous questions we've you've you've asked. Yeah. Um so I think yeah, just pointing back to, to being ambitious and I think that's that's yeah. the you know right what way say? To what's that? You know what I'd you know what I'd say? I'd say that they don't need to start by buying a five hundred thousand dollar property or a million dollar property, yeah. right? Because yeah. because I think most twenty two you've probably you I think what's happened is you've got the curse of knowledge. So you're sort of going, well, it's sort of like, you know, it's so at least you can't zoom out a little bit. You've got to remember that most 22-year-olds, they see in the news the me national median house price is like a million bucks or whatever. They go, okay, so real estate costs a million dollars. Well, I don't have a million dollars. Yeah. So I yeah. guess it's crypto for me. Give yeah. me the Dogecoin, yeah. right? So um, whereas in reality, it is actually practical and possible to get in for much, much less. You know, you could yeah. buy a $200,000 property or a $250,000 property to get started. Now, that's not yeah. necessarily... Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily want to build a portfolio of two hundred thousand dollars properties, but you can get started at a much lower entry point than, yeah. than than previous. And so, and to your point, you know, you got started on the on that off the plan apartment, which you know you had to start somewhere. Now, is that the kind of port? Do you want to build a portfolio of off the plan apartments? Probably not, Probably. right? Yeah. But yeah, getting yeah, yeah. getting started is yeah. the is the thing. You know, like if you mm -hmm. can get started. Like everything starts to snowball from there because you're sitting there going, oh, I was privileged to make that choice and now I can invest. It's like, well, yeah. actually, you actually made a choice to invest at the point that you could, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the point that you could with an investment of a size that you could afford at the time that you had the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So you didn't say, oh, I've got to wait until I've got a million. You said, okay, can I do it with the resources that I've got? You made the mm -hmm. choice off the back of making that choice. You are now able to make tons more choices mm. but the point is that you invested with what you had when you could right mm. and got got started earlier which i think is where a lot of people get stuck because they go well hey i mean look my, um, my parents house that's worth 1.5 million dollars yeah. you know yeah. uh, a 10 percent of that for a 10 percent deposit 150 plus buying costs yeah. i'm sorry i'm just never going to get there so exactly. um, th i think that's probably what i de deconstruct out of it yeah i think yeah as i said like touching back on um the canberra market like the median house price in canberra is a million dollars and and that's you know i i constantly chat to my mates that you know in their mind they think you know i gotta i gotta buy that property i gotta buy it. you know it's gonna be around one one million one point one million um and i'm constantly chatting to my mates i'm like but you can do this and you can buy that 300,000, 200, you know, whatever it is, 200, 250,000 property. And you can buy three of them. And you can build equity in that. And then you can look at using that equity to go buy that million dollar property. It's like, it's, it's so, and you don't have that, you know, large cash involvement, which you don't have right now. Um, so I think, 
I think, yeah, I think it's a yeah, different perspective and I've only seen it since I've been on the inside, you know, on the inside of Dashdot. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, look, you know, look at property a bit differently in a way. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, don't look at it as just, you know, in Canberra and don't look at it as just in the central part of Sydney or wherever, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, look on it at a larger scale, you know, um, and I think that's where, you know, we play a pretty large involvement. Um, Interesting. Okay, final question. So mm. imagine that you could um, post a billboard big enough for the whole world to see, maybe a mm. giant billboard in space that floats around the whole world and everyone can see what's on the billboard and you get to put one message on there, or you get to send one message that takes over the screen of every digital device on the planet, right? Mm. Every mobile phone, every computer, every tablet, right? Just bang, just to share one message, a digital billboard that the whole world would see. What message would you want to give to the world? I think, yeah, pointing back to my previous answers, like be ambitious, take risks, be spontaneous. I don't know, like just just do it, just just do it, you know, be different. So um, it's really helped me and I've, I've seen it help other, in you know, other investors as well. So I think just just do that and, and, you know, don't just look at it from an investment perspective as well. You know, I'm looking at it a life perspective, you know, I want, I want to keep moving, I want to keep changing locations. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's my message. Awesome. Love it. Josh, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a really good, really good chat. Appreciate it. Easy. Thanks, Goose.